0: you know, there are things and events in life that it is right that we face up to, because sometimes the grief that we are holding for those situations has, as it were, slipped below the radar and we haven't really known that we should grieve for them because they've crept up on us, it may be retirement that came up, it may be a sudden redundancy, it may be all kinds of loss of things that have been plundered, taken from us quite naturally in some cases, rather unnaturally in other cases, and we've adopted something of a stoic upper lip response to them said oh well it's happened anyway and we just have to get on and make the most of it which sounds spiritual but i want to suggest to you that stoicism and the british stiff upper lip tradition of the public schools is not quite the same as the biblical qualities of courage and endurance and perseverance there's a difference One of the great Greek words of the New Testament is which means the kind of perseverance which somehow manages to rise above the circumstance. But it's because it's founded in Christ, not by just a, we must just push on and not think about those things. Yes, the Bible often does say forget the things that lie behind and press on into what God is doing for you, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a right time to remember and to mourn and to process things that have happened because if you don't, when another loss comes your way, you're building on top of a previously unprocessed loss and the problems get worse. It's rather like I think of tectonic plates grinding together, you know how they do? And if they slide graciously past each other, (laughs) the world survives. Uh, When they don't and they grind against each other and stall, the tension builds up until finally a terrible earthquake breaks out. It's so important to allow the tectonic plates to keep moving when loss events have happened in our life. And I suggest that we do that best in two ways. One, by actually taking time to deliberately grieve. We set aside a time, as it were, to allow ourselves to process those things because that stops it all building up. And secondly, we find people or ways in which we can do that effectively. women are often much better than men at talking grief out. They're often more emotionally articulate. But men equally can find ways to do it, and it may be that by um, painting or writing or composing or photography or any kind of hobby, it might look to the outsider as if they're just doing a kind of hobby, but it may be that they're actually processing some grief by doing that. They do say, interestingly, that journaling is often one of the very best ways to avoid grief becoming unresolved. Finding ways to get it down. And I want to suggest a particular, um, if I dare use the word, technique which really does seem to work wonders. It's very simple, but you have to be a little disciplined about it. You write down what happened in an episode of grief. And then you just leave it at that. Only takes you 5-10 minutes to write it down, but do it thoroughly. One guy wrote in great detail about a fire that had happened in his house, but he omitted completely the fact that his mother died in it. (laughs) So you do need to be honest and attentive to details. Next day, write down how you felt about it at that time. And then the day after it, revisit again, but this time write down how you feel about it now. And it's extraordinary that it's in the pulling together of those three strands that the Lord really does seem to work. And he gives you a perspective of resolution, which often helps you to make sense of something very big that's happened in the past. And really does give you the grace to see it, perhaps in a different light, and to cope with it now. It's the opposite of just glossing over the griefs. Um, So often I think the generation today wants to say there's a time to laugh and make merry, but the scripture also says, but there's a time to weep and to mourn. And if you can find somebody to weep with when you need to, then you've found a real friend. Real friends can weep together, and you go deeper in a friendship when you do weep together. And tears, as Spurgeon beautifully put it, are like liquid prayer.